Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield and another interesting week, even with a shortened week, we had a little bit of excitement in the trade, a lot of uh, negativity, unfortunately, to that side. We're going to talk a little bit about what's happening in the corn and the bean basis unplanted acres you know we just a few weeks ago we were talking about prevent plant and how much of an issue that would be we'll look more into that we're gonna look at cattle weights which we know took a nice drop this week what about cow heifer slaughters have they backed off a little bit we're gonna find out about that and a whole lot more on today's episode it may be small but this little bean fuels a lot of power it powers a food industry as a top source of protein it's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines. And it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small, but we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska. And welcome back. As you can see on the screen, joining me is Kyle Bumstead. He is with Allendale and Arlen Suderman with StoneX. And like I said in the intro, interesting marketing week coming off of a holiday. They wasted no time coming off of Memorial Day to see some negative trade, gentlemen. And I want to kind of start with how that affected the basis. So, Kyle, I'll, I'll ask that of you first. We'll take a look at the corn basis. What What is your thoughts at this point? Well, the, the, the corn basis uh, seems to keep firming. Uh, some of the indexes I track, we we tracked it last night to uh, you know running about for about four and a half to almost five cents under the July future. So it still says that the merchandisers are trying to source up, uh, source some corn out there in the countryside and they haven't had to go to the futures to do it. They've had, they've had to go to the cash market to actually try to get it sourced by improving their basis. So looking at that, it, it tells us that most of the basis push has been uh, in feed yard country, uh, south uh, Southwest Kansas, the Texas panhandle. And uh, even here in central Nebraska, there's been some pretty good push here by local ethanol plants, which tells us that we still got good demand here on uh, two of the three main legs, you know, feed demand and uh, ethanol demand have uh, really kept this thing going here as far as the cash basis here, which, you know, four cents, five cents under July futures this time of year with that index uh, is really not something you hear of this time of year. Arlen, what about from the soybean perspective? How, how's basis looking right now? Yeah, we've been seeing some some tight basis. Now, some areas are weakening. The general pattern has been uh, where the processors are the focus of the demand. We've been seeing the strengthening basis uh, on the export side. We've been seeing some weakening basis, even though our export shipments have been really uh, above seasonal levels. And we anticipate that that's going to be picking up as we go through July and August. Uh, we're still seeing most of our basis strength where the processes are as they're really struggling to try to originate beans in some areas of the Midwest. All right. Well, we know that outside market influence has had a lot of effects on the trade today and just this whole last week. Wanted to start out first from a dollar perspective, Arlen. Are you seeing any concerns with this dollar as we head into the next week as inflation continues to be talked about? Yeah, I think the, the dollar is most concerning to our wheat and our protein export sales. Um, and that's where we have the most competition. So that's where the dollar matters the most. The price break we got on wheat has actually gotten to the point where soft red winter wheat has become very competitive. Again, we'll probably see a, um, some of the future export reports show some increased sales of soft red winter. May even see China come in and buy two or three cargoes or something like that, like they typically do when we see that harvest weakness. We even sold a couple small handy cargoes of uh, hard red winter wheat to Brazil on the price break. So that is starting to help a little bit um, in order to pick up some export demand. 
Well, I know, Kyle, outside influences from a livestock perspective has got to be gas prices and increase in food prices. And that's causing for some folks to back off in their purchases. But grain prices are also an outside influence for this cattle market. Well, that's right, Susan. And uh, you made mention of uh, the weights dropping. And, and yes, they are dropping. Uh, I believe heifers are about par with last year and steers are just now a little bit under last year. So when you look at that, that looks good. But that data was taken here uh, about three weeks ago when corn and soybeans were kind of making their highs up there, corn especially. So uh, you saw the capitulation, the cash market side of things start to happen because you know, you're if you're feeding cattle in major feed yard country and you're getting a, a feed bill, opening it up and saying, whoa, I'm paying almost what for corn 850 875 in the bunk you're saying no get rid of the cattle i don't want another feed bill and over time if we keep that kind of capitulation yes it sounds ugly when the cash market does this and we start pitching cattle at these levels but overall it will help get that front end supply cleaned up by by doing that you know i've seen a lot of uh social media posts and videos of of cows being turned out to grass and that was the exact comment there's more dollars off of my feed bill that's that's right. And and I think you're going to you're going to continue to see that here for a few more weeks as people uh, turn out to grass. There's going to be a few more cows killed. And, uh, you know, we, we had an astronomical cow kill here the month of May. I believe it's something like 80,000 head or something like that is what I saw on the sheets. I just scanned through it. But we haven't seen a cow kill that big in years. And I think that there still are quite a few heifers being placed, especially that came in off the wheat pasture early that, uh, you know, wheat pasture just wasn't doing the late wheat pasture. So they just got placed in the feed yard because at that time there simply wasn't any grass now most of the rain started falling out there uh the end of april early part of may so is that enough time for the grass to recharge maybe but uh, we'll have to wait and see if there's more heifers being placed coming up here and we should get some information with that when the usda comes out in july with their uh, cow numbers and on their uh, cattle report what about for you arlen what are you hearing on on outside influences from a consumer perspective because it seems like every day the gas prices are changing yeah, it's really troubling. Uh, there, it's a mixed message as well. What we're seeing from the data is that the consumer overall is still cash rich. We still have that stimulus in there. We still have record uh, levels of currency in circulation, M2 money supply. Uh, and then when you look at the bank reports of major banks that hold people's checking accounts, savings accounts, et cetera, and they're saying that basically the, the working American uh, wage earner has good supplies of cash on hand. They are. They also have record levels of equity in their homes. And so what they're doing with the relatively low, historically low interest rates yet still taking advantage of that, taking out home equity loans, leveraging themselves more on that to take on big projects, but yet they're changing their spending habits on the discretionary spending from the standpoint of food, going down the value chain, um, doing more um, less name brands and more generic brands, maybe fewer steaks, more hamburger and stuff. So that's a concern for the meat sector as we've seen that start to happen. And uh, maybe if we could get the consumer confidence back up, they would uh, come back to buying more steaks and help out. But that's currently the pattern that we're seeing that's really troubling from a standpoint of the protein sector. Well, as we continue here with the Nebraska Soybean Board Report being brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, I want to talk unplanted acres and prevent plant with both of you guys. Um, Arlen, what are you hearing for unplant numbers at this point? 
Yeah, we're really anxious to see Monday's numbers from USDA on the crop progress. If we look at this last Tuesday's report, which delayed a day because of the holiday, those numbers were as of Sunday, but Sunday's really when the last of the planters got shut down in most cases because of rains in the Northern Plains. So we had about 3 million acres of corn in, in there in North, Eastern North Dakota, Northwestern Minnesota that were unplanted at the time. A lot of farmers were only 60 to 65% planted. And as we talk to our people in that area, they say most of them, they'll get back in the field maybe next week. But for most of them, they're done with corn. Uh, they're just quitting on the corn. And in most years, that area really doesn't matter. But this year, it really does. We need every acre of corn. So that further tightens up the U.S. balance sheet, makes it even more critical that we get an above trend yield this year. And there's still a lot of question about that. Um, same thing, uh, we're looking at the possibility of losing a million and a half to maybe two million acres of spring wheat as well. Although many of them will still try to plant spring wheat this week yet and see if they can't get it in but we'll probably see an increase in some soybeans if the weather allows and even more significantly canola in that area so kyle having said that and you hear what arlen's talking about from a livestock perspective lack of acres does that make you guys nervous in being able to feed these cattle it does. It does. And when I look out there in those far deferreds, the market's been telling us that for quite some time that we have a, a tight balance sheet as far as corn and soybeans. You know, we got to think about the hog and the chicken side of things as far as that goes. Now you look out there in the soybeans, soybeans have been trading inverted. The November beans have been trading over the far out Julys. And some will say, well, you really can't look out that far because there's not a lot of volume out there in those uh, far out deferreds. But it is still the commercial read on the market. We stay up front here. We're still inverted here. That no July spread is trading six cents inverted version right now. Corn, same situation. We were uh, inverted early this week. We did go to a slight carry, about a five, uh, five and a quarter percent carry here at the end of the week, which is three and a half cents. So it's still saying that here, you know, feed yard country, commercials, end users, ethanol plants, they still want all of your corn, all of your beans as soon as it's harvested. That's what it tells me. They're saying we're not paying you to store it. The market's not paying you to store it. So we would like to get as much as we can procured early on and uh, get it off the combine as quick as possible. Arlen, is it true Shanghai's lockdown is done? Well, it's not totally done, but it's okay. certainly opened up a lot. And so they're getting a taste of what uh, freedom is like once again. There's still a lot of restrictions, regular testing, maybe multiple times a week getting tested. So a lot of restrictions in place, but at least people are able to move around once again. Um, and uh, we're seeing that translate into better hog margins in China starting to improve a little bit. Not big profits, but uh, not the losses that they were having. So we're starting to refill some of the pens with pigs, starting to increase the demand for soybeans. It's interesting that uh, right now, new crop soybeans uh, demand export sales on the books to all customers are at a record high for this time of year. Over 500 million bushels already on the books for next year. That's great to know as we look at things happening, Kyle, real quick, what's the one thing from a livestock perspective we got to look for coming into next week? Well, I think from a livestock perspective, we need to keep an eye, especially on these live cattle and feeder cattle spreads. The feeder cattle have done a really good job here the last two sessions of bull spreading the market here. All the, Really all this week, they've done a great job of bull spreading those deferred contracts, which looks good. But really, we can only watch the August, September, and maybe the September, October a little bit. But also keep an eye on those front month live cattle. We, we are trading a, a deficit right now. The August is trading under the October by almost $6. So that still tells us that front end, we have a lot of cattle. We also need to keep an eye on our cash markets as well. 
All right. Well, both of you, thanks for joining me this week and enjoy your weekend. Thank you. All right. That's been Arlen Suderman and Kyle Bumstead joining us. I want to remind folks that commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss and aren't suitable for all investors. And that's been the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and your checkout.